Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 14, where today I am talking to Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hello. Thank you so much for doing this today. I'm happy to do it. And I already saw... Uh, a link you sent me where you started to kind of compile your story. Was it, did you create a website around? Uh, no, I created a kind of a Facebook not a group, but I, yes. I decided to put it out for the whole world to see, mostly for other people that are in the same situation. So, that wanted, is it. you know, I wanted people to be able to go, okay, look, I'm not alone. And I tried to. Once I figured out what was going on, I wanted to try and extract as much good from the situation as I could possibly get out of it. Yes. You know? Well, let's. I can't change it, so <laughs> I might as well make it as good as I can or extract as much good as I can from what I found out. You are an NPE, so today we're going to have you start at the beginning, let us know what your childhood was like, your original family, and then how you found out. You were an NPE and what it's been like since then. So why don't you go ahead and take us back to the beginning. So my childhood was not very fantastic. I grew up in a really violent household where my my mom, okay, my dad, well, who I thought was my father up until April of this year, I had absolutely no reason to suspect otherwise that he wasn't my you know, biological father. I didn't have any reason to think otherwise. He was an alcoholic. He was a, a wife abuser and a child abuser also. And, I, and my earliest memory is, you know, my mom getting beat pretty regularly. And I got, when I was five years old, I was caught between my parents in a fight and my mom uh, my dad was beating on my mom and I was trying to push my dad off of her and I saw her reach down and she, we were in the kitchen you know and she was backed up against the, the counter and I saw her and I, I mean I was between them I saw her reach down and pull the, the kitchen drawer open and pull up and pull out a butcher's knife and stab my dad oh she went over my shoulder and stabbed him and then uh I saw him backing up and bleeding all over the place, you know, and then she grabbed me by the arm and we ran. I don't remember much after that. He survived that. Uh, and and my, even being a five or six year old at the time, I kind of thought, well, you know what? You had it coming. So my dad, my non-biological dad, who, you know, now I realize was not biological, was a really abusive guy. You know, I remember one time, when I was about the same age, probably expressing a doubt in Santa Claus and just getting beat, you know, half to death for saying such a thing. Um, wasn't very good. Uh, I will say, though, once my mom took action and, you know, stabbed my dad, he never laid another finger on him, on her. But he did get more 
mentally and verbally abusive to the family after that because he had to take his aggression out in a different way, I guess, instead of physical. So I grew up like that. I grew up being, and I, I do have a sister also who was a little bit younger than me. I grew up being left at home from five onward, kind of to fend for myself. I learned how to cook when I was five or six years old so I could eat. Um, I don't remember my parents being very lazy people. I think they were working, but they just, I don't know what they were spending their money on. They were spending on other stuff besides food and, you know, electricity and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of how my childhood was. And it was never very, very pretty. Jimmy, that sounds terrible. I'm so yeah, sorry. It's okay. It was pretty bad. Um, but, you know, that's not my life now at all. So, you know, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. And there's, you know, I appreciate you feeling bad for me, but I would say don't because I took my parents as, a, as an example of how not to live a life. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I took my dad's example of how not to treat a woman or a wife. And I took it as an example of how not to treat your children. And, you know, here I am, 51 years old. I have a fantastic marriage for 23 years now. I have really, really well-adjusted, intelligent children that are, you know, being very successful. You know, I have a very successful career, and I have a very happy life, and my wife's very successful, and, you know, she's in graduate school, and she's a straight-A student. My kids are quite intelligent, and I have a really happy life. So let me go back to uh, growing up with my mom. My mom had a lot of lovers that I remember as a child, you know, and we would go really often. We would go on little trips, me and my sister and my mom, and we'd go to, you know, like, you know, theme parks like Six Flags, kind of, And but my dad would be working, so he wouldn't go, but my mom would, there would always be a man waiting at the end of the trip, you know, where we were going, there would always be a man, so my mom would you know, we'd go to a hotel, which we couldn't certainly not afford. And my mom would disappear and me and my sister would be in a hotel room by herself. And I remember several times having to go knocking on hotel room doors until I found her. And I would usually find her with somebody, you know, eventually. And, you know, be like, we need, you know, tell her we need food or, you know, hey, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? And so we were kind of the alibi to go meet, you know, whatever man of the day she was interested in. Uh, I don't know why she was that way. I never had, I thought maybe it was because she wasn't getting, she didn't have a good husband, which she did not have a good husband. And so she wasn't getting some of her needs fulfilled emotionally or whatever. So I kind of chalked it up to that. But knowing what I know about her nowadays, I'm not sure if that's true. And she just didn't like men, perhaps. I don't know. I can't get into her brain. She's no longer here. Uh, my my the father that raised me is also no longer here, so I don't get to ask him questions. Uh, you know, we we grew up on the East Coast, and eventually we moved to Oklahoma, where we I was actually born at. And my mom, we moved because we were told it was because my grandma wasn't doing well, and my mom wanted to be around her. You know, when she had bad health. But the reality of it was they were trying to escape my mom's past and my dad's past probably also. So they thought by moving to a new place, they'd be able to kind of get away from it and 
you know, not comprehending the fact that when you are the problem, you can't really move away from your problem. Your problem goes with you. And the problem followed her. So she still had a problem with men and my, my dad, I think. I speculate he got involved in doing meth, probably. It's just a speculation from some pictures I have of him and some of the things I, I kind of heard. I don't know that for a fact. So when I was 12, my mom got pregnant with my younger brother, who is going to play an important role in the story. You know, when I, when I tell you how I found out that who my biological father was not. Uh, so she got pregnant when I was 12 years old with my brother. She had, you know, had him and we grew up, my sister, my brother and I. And I had found out at this point that my mom had two other children, a daughter and a son that were older than I am by a year and two years. So my sister is a year older and my brother is two years older from a different husband that she was married before. And, you know, she kind of got done dirty by this husband. He apparently was bipolar and, you know, kind of threw her out of the house. And he, his family had money, so they took those other children away. Although that story is now in doubt because I talked to the, I know my sister, I know who she is. And I've talked to her and, you know, that may be something my mom made up. So that's kind of the, how, that's kind of how the childhood went. If you have any questions, I can answer them. Did you say these other two children were only one and two years older than you? Yes, that's right. They were, well, a year and a half at, at best. My sister and my brother's a little older than that, so not very much older. Okay. Uh, and they, and those, those two are full siblings? They are not. Oh. They're half. They had a, so I found out recently from, you know, I was talking to this half-sister from before me, you know, and she said, well, you know, your my brother do, doesn't have the same dad as me either, and, but we don't know who his dad is. So I, was, I had no idea. This is only this only came up in the last three months because I told her what happened to me. And she was like, well, you know, your, your other... And she's my half-sister. We knew that already. And I knew she had a brother who was also my half-brother, but apparently they're only half-siblings themselves. And I did not know that. So my mom had got pregnant by someone married a man and had a daughter with him and let him believe that she was pregnant with his child, the son, but actually was not the father. He actually was not the father. So I have two half-siblings, and I have a total of six half-siblings now. Oh, wow. I know. Okay. Now, when I started this, when I, before I found out this journey, I had... Two whole siblings and two half siblings that I knew about. Well, now I have six half siblings. So about five or six years ago, probably twenty three and me. I don't know when it got going, but my my wife and I were talking about. We're like, hey, this would be really kind of cool. You know, it's mostly. I was convinced that I knew my genealogy, like so many people are. You know, I was because I had studied. I have an unusual name. You know, my last name is Ipoc which is rather unusual. And people with that name all come from one town on the East Coast, you know, where I grew up at. And so it was not a hard name to do research. So I, got, I did an Ancestry.com. I didn't do DNA with them, though. I did the gene genealogy for that family line all the way back to where we came off of the boat. And I was really proud of that. 
you know, not knowing that that wasn't even my family at that point. But I was really proud of that. But I, uh, my wife and I, I don't remember who thought of the thought it was a good idea, but we both did it. Decided to do twenty three and me, and this is probably five or six years ago. And both of my parents were still alive at this point, and uh, so my mom was over here. And can I can I use a cuss word? Is that okay? It's sure. a quote. It's a quote. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom was sitting on the couch, you know, and my wife here, my wife's here. We're talking like, "Hey, we're going to do twenty three and me," you know, because we think it'll be really fun. And my mom looked at me, and my my wife was sitting on one side of her, and I'm on the other. My mom looked at me and she goes, well, shit, Jimmy, I don't want to know what you find out. Because I told her, because I had jokingly told her, mom, we're about to do DNA test. If you got something you want to come clean about it, clean about, this is the time to do it. I was just joking with her. I was totally joking. So I had no clue. And she goes, shit, Jimmy, I don't want to know what you find out. And I was kind of like, I laughed at all. I thought she was joking too. And my wife got a funny look on her face. And I was like, Oh, that's just my mom. She's kind of crazy. Kind of, she's trying to be funny. So we did our DNA and we got our results back, you know, and and it was all fun. You know, I looked at the health stuff. It was really interesting. 23andMe is very fascinating kind of site to be on. You know, I had a good time with it and didn't think much about it for another, you know, four or five years probably. Well, my dad passed away in 2012. And my mom was still alive, and she you know, mourned, she grieved his loss for like a year. She kind of became independent, you know, she did it, she did fine. And then she moved into a, oh, kind of an apartment in a building where older people go, but she wasn't a senior citizen or anything like that. She just didn't want to own a house anymore. You know, she wanted to be around other people, and, and she was like, she was trying to get closer, and I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, I told her, well, you know, we'll help take care of you. I'm here for you. You know, we want to support you. So she moved a little bit closer. Well, she ended up reconnecting with an old boyfriend, which was actually a boyfriend from when she was married to my dad. She had a lot of boyfriends, and I was, and he he treated her really well, so no problem. You know, I was like, hey, you're an adult. You do what you want. You know, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. It's not my place to tell you how to live your life. And the guy was pretty nice, even though he was a past affair that she'd had um my dad passed away in 2012 and then my mom passed away 18 months later right after she met the the old boyfriend she got uh, some kind of pulmonary problem and she ended up in the hospital and she fell down when she went to go to the bathroom she fell down and hit her head ended up dying in the hospital no, I'm sorry. So, still didn't, you know, so, you know, I took care of that. I'm the oldest child, so I was kind of left with the responsibility of taking care of arrangements, you know, the, the pretty normal thing people do, you know, getting my parents' funerals and taking care of all that. And that's fine. I don't mind doing that. I took care of it. And then about, oh, well, this last April, about the middle of April, um, me and my wife, it's a Saturday probably, I think it's a Saturday. Me and my wife are getting ready to go somewhere, and she's, you know, getting her makeup on and all that. I'm just like kind of laying in the bed waiting for her to get done. Yeah, I'm already dressed. We're waiting to go somewhere. And I got the email that so many people get, you have new relatives, right? Yes. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, this is going to be cool. But usually they're fourth cousins or third cousins, nothing really significant. You know, we all go in there and look at it, and it's really kind of fun. And I saw my uh, my brother's name the one that was 12 years younger than me. 
and I saw his name. So I went and uh, I noticed it. Showed, you know, these DNA sites don't exactly know your relationship, so they look at your percentage of centimorgans and things like that, and they try to take a guess at it, you know. And it confuses a lot of people. So it said he was my nephew. Well, he's not my nephew. I knew that. So I went and started studying what a centimorgan was and all that, and figured out that he was my half-brother. So I texted him to make sure it was the right person. I was like, hey, you know, did you uh, take a DNA test? He goes, well, my in-laws got me a test for, for Christmas, you know, and I guess it, during Christmas they're really busy. So the results had finally got processed, and so it alerted me, you know, hey, you have a new relative. And, and he says, uh, so I'm texting back and forth with my brother. I'm like, hey, you know, there's something going on here. He goes, hey, I, why don't you, you need to call me. Why don't you just call me? So I called my brother up, and I, was, I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, I kind of figured this day might come at some point in time, you know, when you and your wife, her name's Brandy, took those DNA tests five years ago. Mom came to me and told me never, ever to take a DNA test. She goes, she goes you must never do it. And she told him that I was trying to disprove, I was trying to disown my father using DNA which was absolutely not true at all. I had no clue he wasn't my father. I fully believed he was my biological father. Had for 50 years. Had no reason to doubt it. And so I was really I was really hurt by that. You know, I'm very, very hurt that she had done that. So we talked for a little while, and I was, you know, pretty disappointed that he didn't at least let me know something that, you know, something was going on, but he never did. He's the baby of the family, and he was always really spoiled. So I call, you know, I kind of, I kind of went into a panic, and I went to my wife, and I was like, "Hey, look at this, look at this results." And she had a really perplexed look on her face, and she was like, oh, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Well, it means that my brother is not my full brother," and we were just both in a state of shock, you know, complete and utter shock. It's as you understand because you've been there. It's a very surreal moment in your life. You know, your brain tries to process it, but I don't think you can process it in one day. You just can't. So, uh, I started trying to figure out who might know something and she was pretty close to her sister. So I, you know, got on Facebook and messaged my aunt, you know, my wife's, my, my, my mother's sister and her immediate response is, I can't help you. I don't know anything. You know, I'm sorry. So I'm like, okay, that's possible. Okay. Well, about 30 minutes later, she messaged me, me back and says, well, I might know something. And I was like, okay. And I told her, I was like, I was like, look, I know my father's not my father. I know that for a fact. And she said, well, your mom told me she thought she might be pregnant when she married your dad. And I was like, okay. I was like, any idea who? And she said, no, I have absolutely no recollection of that. And if she's telling the truth or not, I do not know to this day. But it's it doesn't matter now because I know who my father is, who my biological father is. Because I became obsessive about finding out like so many people do and uh, so I told my aunt about my mom going to my brother and telling him you must never take a DNA test and she let me know that it was because she wasn't sure who his father was and she didn't want him to find out that his dad wasn't his dad oh yeah and so I asked her well who did she think it was and she told me the name who it was and it was the 
it was a man that lived across the street from my parents when they were older that my dad absolutely hated, but I never knew why he hated them. It was the people from across the street. My mom had worked in a restaurant with this man and apparently had an affair. And she thought my brother might be the product of that, which I didn't even know that 12, you know, 12 years before that. She kept it a secret. And so the first thing I did was I, I learned how to use Jedmatch. And what my is brother, this? I learned how to, Jedmatch.com, you know, oh. the, the website. I know, I haven't, I'm not aware of that one. Oh, GED match. It's what they use to catch like the Golden State Killer and stuff like that. It's what the police use. It's totally free. And I'll be happy to send you notes about that. You can upload your data for free into it and they'll, 24 hours later, they'll show you who you match. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, it's more, it's not polished like Ancestry or 23andMe. It's very kind of rough looking, but they give you a lot more uh, tools to look at DNA. It's, it was pretty cool and it was very useful for me. But I'll, I'll be happy to send you some notes about how to where, where to go for that. Great. Thank you. That's very cool. So my brother, you know, allowed me to download his data. A lot of people allowed me to download their data and put it into it to help me out. So I contacted my, I messaged my sister and I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if you talked to our brother yet. I'm not naming their names because they're fairly innocent. So I don't want to, you know, if they don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I'm not going to name names for any of these people. Uh, and she was, apparently had no idea. She was in total state of shock. And she was also in a total state of anger at my mom. She was very angry uh, at her. And my mom's already passed by this point. So she's very angry. And I was really angry too, you know, that my mom had done this to me. In my mom, in my mind, she had done it to me, you know, and pretty, pretty pissed off about it. So there were several weeks I was just kind of just befuddled, you know, my brain was in a fog about this and, you know, I really wanted to know who it might be. So I started going on, you know, 23andMe and looking at the list of, of relatives and, you know, and one thing I forgot to mention was three years before this happened, before I, my brother took his DNA test, someone from California had messaged me on Facebook and said, Hey, you know, you're a part of our family, but we don't know where you fit at. We're trying to figure out where you fit into our family. And I, you know, kind of looked at what they sent me and I told them, I was like, look, well, I've traced both my family lines, my mother and my father back all the way to the, as far as it can be traced. And I think you're just mistaken. And they were really nice about it. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, you know, well, sorry for bothering you. You know, no problem. The, you know, this comes into play a little bit later in a very important way. And so I, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to narrow. I took a lot of false leads, and what I figured out was, when we're looking for something, we have a, at least I do, we have a tendency to latch onto some data, and sometimes false data can get in there. And you, you, you at least I did. I latched onto it. It's like, okay, I think I knew who my father is, and I'd be totally wrong, you know, I could totally wrong. So I kind of stopped doing that. Well, eventually after about three months, I kept narrowing it down. And the, and the people that contacted me from California three years prior to that were very, very helpful in pointing me in the right direction and you know, finding out. I basically just started identifying. I took my brother's uh, relative list and I took my relative list, list off 23andMe and I subtracted the ones that we knew 
were my on my mother's side. So what was left were the ones that were only related to me and not him. Mm-hmm. And I started working my way down that list. And basically I went on Facebook and I just added, my friend added every single person that I thought might be related to me through that family line. Mm-hmm. And nearly all of them accepted my uh, friend requests. Wow. And yeah, nearly all of them. They, they have been absolutely fantastic. I, I got to give them credit. And I absolutely love this side of, that side of my family now. I have a great family. Uh, so after about two weeks of that, you know, and, and me mentally processing my mother and what she had done to me and in my mind had victimized me in some way, I decided that, uh, Jimmy, you can't go back to 1967 and put yourself in your mother's mind. I cannot do that. I cannot go back and see what state she was in or what mental state she was in or if she was on the streets and just trying to survive maybe, you know, which was a part of her life at some point. So I decided just not to be angry about it anymore and pretty much just let go of it right there after a couple of weeks. And I just kind of became neutral about it. I'm like, you know what? She's not here to answer questions. She's not here for me to even blame. And she's not here for me to be angry at. So for me to be angry is only going to hurt myself. And I just, I just let it go. And I can honestly say I don't have any anger towards her about it. Uh, some disappointment I do. Because there was a, a span of time in there between when my real fa- when, when the father that raised me passed away and my real father died, he was still alive. There was time in there that I could have met him if she would have just come clean and told me, hey, now that your dad's gone, the one that raised you, I got something to tell you. But she didn't do that, and that cost me the opportunity to meet my biological father. So I'm disappointed in that. Yeah. But I can't, I can't go back and do anything about it. So. so what ended up happening, I just became obsessive about finding out who this man was and a little bit obsessive about knowing the circumstances of how they came together. You know what I mean? Yeah. How they how they met up. Yeah, Although that was lesser that was a little bit lesser important to me than actually knowing who it was. Mm-hmm. So I spent a huge amount of time. My wife would tell you I was obsessed because I was a I was a man on a mission, you know. And my brother and sister you know, I have a little bit of an obsessive personality anyway. My brother and sister were like we have no doubt that you will discover who this is because you do not, you don't let go. And that, that's been kind of my flaw. Even for my wife would tell me to say that I just don't let go. You know, I, that's about, it. I started losing sleep. I went to my doctor cause I wasn't sleeping at night cause I lay awake running through people's names and, and uh, genetic connections. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. I lay asleep at night in my brain going, is it this person? Can it be this person? Why cannot it be? This, why can it not be this person? You know, how can I eliminate this individual? And so, I figured out the family that I belong to, but then it came a problem of figuring out which branch of the family I belong to. And I knew which family I belonged to because the the people in California had been so helpful of you know giving me information about the family and their names and stuff like that. So I started friend-ending people, and then I would just basically cold, kind of cold call them on Facebook and be like, and I always started at the same, I am not a scammer. That's how I always started. 
I'm not here to scam you out of anything. <laughs> you know, here's my story. I would appreciate it if you could answer some questions for me. If you don't want to, I understand. That's fine. I won't bother you anymore. You know, just, you know, I'd be appreciative if you could help me. If not, I'll leave you alone. Because you can't make people do things. Well, without fail, at least 98% of these people were like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. We will do whatever we can to help you find your father. There's only one that didn't want to, and she had quite a story of her own. And she blocked me on Facebook almost immediately. And I, you know, that's fine. That's, that's her business. Uh, she had a lot of anger about some stuff. So these people, they each had a theory about which relative in the past it was. And they, you know, a lot of families have, well, there's a lot of scoundrels in every family, I think. You know, if you look back in history, they're all, they're all doing stuff with different people at different times. You know, that the same things that people are doing today, probably too, they just don't talk about because people are just people. They're human beings. And they were like, oh, whatever her name, you know, oh, she slept with everybody, you know. Oh, Grandma so-and-so was just a terrible, you know, terrible person. She was doing everything with everyone. And I heard that so many times for so many people. And a lot of people also would say, well, I bet so-and-so was your biological father. He had a lot of girlfriends. So I would go find out, you know, well, we'll say one of them's name was Walter. I'd go find out Walter on Ancestry, and I'd find out who his children were, and I would contact them. I'd be like, here's my story. I'm not a scammer. You know, and I paid for a, a whole lot of DNA tests for people to try and motivate them to, uh, you know, take DNA tests. And most people were like, oh, yeah, I loved it. I've been wanting to do that anyway. And here's somebody willing to pay for it. So why not? Most of them would do that. You know, it's a lot easier if you're willing to pay for it. So I paid for quite a few of those. And people oh, wow. were generally wrong. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and sometimes there weren't sales going on, so it was it was expensive. But you know, ooh, yeah, that would really add up. Yeah, and I will tell you, Ancestry dot com. One time, I paid I paid for several tests, and then they as soon as I paid for them, they had a sale going on. I was like, you got to be kidding me! So I got on Facebook and I messaged them. I was like, like, hey, look, this is my situation, you know. And I can't believe you just had a sale after I paid for like several of these, and they refunded me the difference. Nice. Yeah, so I was like, that's very, very kind. I really, I was really appreciative. And I told him, I was, I was like, also, there's a good chance I'm going to be buying some more. So I'm a repeat customer. So there you go. So that probably motivated him a little bit. <laughs> so as people in this family started taking these tests, you know, waiting for results is horribly painful. You know, it just, oh, it's anguishing. Waiting for the, you know, the pop-up on Ancestry or 23andMe to say, you have new relatives. It, it, it pained me immensely to wait because I'm so eager to know. And so I'd get results back. I learned how to, I learned what a symptom organ is. I learned what, you know, how to look at the percentages and kind of know what the relationship is pretty much. I went on a, a quest to understand DNA and genetics. You know, you probably don't need to know all that stuff. I went on, I went on a quest to know and I started studying. It's very fascinating. Um, at this point, it became kind of just a, an anomaly in my life that I found very interesting. It was something I wanted to to really understand fully because I'm you know 100 in to things. When I get into sometimes when I get into something, I'm 100 in. I don't halfway do anything. So I started sending out you know talking to people and giving them DNA tests and uh, 
I kind of started to understand, I don't know if you've heard this term or not, uh, genetic triangulation. Have you heard that? No, I have not. Okay. So that is when you take a, a family and you have multiple DNA from different members of the family and you let the percentages of centimorgans point the direction in the, the way you need to look, right? So I had someone who I had dinner with uh, on Friday night, actually. She turned up at 6% of, of DNA shared. I don't remember the centimorgan count, but I had eliminated all the males out of this family, and there were probably six of them. Uh, that would have been the right age. So I looked at the age, how old they were, where they would have been in 1967, you know, how old they would have been. I knew the fact that my mom tended to like older men within 10 years. And so I kind of narrowed it down. Uh, you know, I kind of eliminated people that were too old. I eliminated people in the family that had died before that. So, and finally I'd eliminated all the men and my wife and I both, we got at our got on our kitchen table and we took a giant sheet of paper out and we started kind of making a family tree, okay? Yeah. And putting people's names in it. And we would put their percentage of DNA and their centimorgan count by their name. And we started eliminating one by one until my wife said, you know what? You're looking for men that you need to look for a woman to find out how you're related. So I found a female who matched me at the exact rate of a one-half cousin, one-half first cousin. And I contacted her, and she said, well, my mother is this person, who I talked to several times on, on Ancestry, who'd done some research. And she said, my grandmother is this person. Her name is Ruth. And I was like, okay, so it's not, it can't be your mother, obviously. It's not your mother. But this person, this female that I talked to, matched me at, at one-half cousin, and her mother had never taken a DNA test. And when I asked her about it, she goes, well, I know who my relatives are. And I just told her, well, those are famous last words, <laughs> right? Because mm -hmm. we all don't think we know, but I would never say that again to anyone. And she never did take a, take a DNA test, but she had reasons for not doing that, which I, I can't disclose here. It's a little bit too private for, it's her privacy. Um, so, but she had, so Ruth, my grandmother, Ruth, who I knew, now know was my grandmother, had was kind of like my mom. She had many boyfriends, you know? And she had three children by three different men. She had one one daughter who was my half-aunt, who I discovered through this half-cousin, who now I just call her aunt because I love her, and I love my cousin as well. Uh, she had a son. Well, she had two sons. And so I contacted the only living... One of the sons had two daughters, and one of the sons had a, uh, a daughter and a son, a full son and a full daughter. I contacted those two people, who are now you know, my half-sister and my half-brother. I know that for a fact. And I asked them, you know, I'm not a scammer. You know, here's my story. And the sister, well, the daughter, who's, done, who's my half-sister, the daughter, was pretty, pretty cautious. She goes, well... Is this test still wrapped up in cellophane? Is it sealed up? You know, she was very, very suspicious. And I was like, yes, it's brand new. You know, I will bring it to you. And she goes, well, let me have it and I'll think about it. And so I told her, no, why don't you think about it first? Because I've already paid for it. And, you know, if you decide you want to do it, you can do it. Well, she went on vacation right after that. And she goes, she told me to give her a couple of days. And she never did talk to me after that. 
So I contacted the brother at the same time, and I contacted his wife because he's not on Facebook. And his wife said, uh, here's the phone number. He wants you to call him immediately. So I called this, this young man. He's, I'm 51. He is 47 or 48 right now. And he was absolutely thrilled. He, he told me, I knew I had a brother somewhere. I just knew I did. I could just feel it. And he said, uh, you know, if you're paying for the test, I'll take it. Bring it over here right now. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. So the following day, or within two days probably, after work, I got off work, I took the test. I went over to his house. I watched him take the test. I, you know, since I paid for it, I was going to maintain the chain of custody on this thing. Yeah. Uh, I packaged it up. I took it to the post office and I dropped it off. And Ancestry had had a sale right before this, and it took at least four months for this testing. Then it took forever, longer than any test in the in the history of my life. Oh no! It was horrible, horrible. Oh. And he's telling me, uh, "You look like my dad." And they're showing me pictures of this man, and I look like him. I really do. And my wife's like, uh, "That's your dad." And I told her, I was like, "Well, you know, I've I've been down false paths before. I'm not going to make any claims until I have data." Even though I thought, well, the likelihood is pretty good. So we waited four months, and I I didn't really have contact with these people because I didn't want to create false hopes or anything like that. And the test comes back, and sure enough, he's my half-brother. So therefore, his father is my actual biological father. Mm. Yeah, and I was was thrilled. You know, my quest quest had been kind of... And also, all of these people in this family... Had just been absolutely fantastic, and I've literally fallen in love with a lot of them. Literally, I mean that literally. So, yeah, it turned out great. So during this this waiting process and all this, you know, these people are communicating with me a lot, and I'm going. They know that I'm kin to them. We don't know exactly how yet, but we know that I'm kin. There's, it's factual that we're related because I'm in their family tree. So that's enough for them to you know claim me as a family member. So we're meeting for dinner, and they're you know they're agreeing to meet and talk about you know who we think the father is, and they're telling me all about him. And one of them gave me a, a literally a box of hundreds of pictures, hundreds of them. So I'm scanning. I created an archive, you know, and I told the family members I was like, look, I want to give something back to you in exchange for all of the kindness you've shown me and your willingness to share your DNA and your stories and all this stuff. I'm going to build an online archive for your whole family tree. Because, you know, the ones in California had split off from this family probably in the 60s, you know? And they had kind of lost touch, and they didn't really know about each other. And they said, well, we heard we had relatives that went to California, but we don't really know anything about them. And I told them, I was like, well, I know everything about them. And I will I will connect you. So you all can, you know, kind of come together again and be and be a family. And so they were real appreciative. And I said, and on top of that, I'm building a family tree for you on Ancestry. And I've included pictures. I've got all the way back to your great-great-grandparents. I went out and done the research, you know, and it's, it's a gift. Oh, wow. And, and also, I scanned pictures from all these different groups of the fam- different parts of the family tree, and I put them in an archive so they can see, uh, you know, their other family members going really far back in history. And also, uh, so my half-brother and half-sister, the new ones that I recently discovered, their dad didn't know 
who his he never met his father either because his you know his mother's Ruth my grandma was a lot like my mom was and she had many boyfriends and she had lied to him about who his father was and he didn't find out that his name wasn't what he thought it was until he went to get a driver's license and they wanted to look at the birth certificate and the name was different mm. so he immediately changed his name to match reality which I thought about that myself, but I, I can't do it. I'm too old to do it now. So he never knew who, he never had met his father or seen him or anything like that. He knew his name. So I went and did a lot of some genealogy research because I got really good at it doing it for my family that wasn't really my family. So I knew how to, I'm pretty good at searching things. And I found a picture of his father and a picture of his grandfather and all the way back to England, his whole family. So I gave that to my my new siblings. I was like, look, this is your great-grandfather. And his great-grandfather, our great-grandfather is the spitting image of our father. He looks just like him. He's the exact image, but he's got gray hair. And they're like, oh, my God, we we can't believe what we're seeing. This is our great-grandfather, you know, and we had no idea even who this man was before you came along. So I told him, I was like, you know, for all you've done for me, this is my gift back to you. You get to know, you get to see these pictures and, you know, there's a giant archive out there now for this whole family. And they, you know, I've taken documents that I found and I've scanned them about, they had oral histories that were done, you know, back, oh, 80, 90 years ago, talking about where they originated at. And I was able to scan those. I found those, scanned them, dozens of documents. And that was kind of my gift to this family who has been very kind to me indeed. Uh, so... The only issue, there, there really only were two issues which the listeners might find interesting and then they may run into also. There was a period of time when I was finding my family that a lot of jealousy occurred, you know. So the, the ones from California that came looking for me, I became really good friends with them. Well, I, I had to kind of disconnect a little bit because I was spending so much time obsessing over following where the path led, you know. Yeah, because you know they weren't they were not my direct uh, relatives. They were a little bit further away. They were like second cousins, so I had to spend time going through the cousin line and all that, and trying to. And it's not that I didn't want to talk to them. I, I really love them. I like talking to them, but I just was so tied up and obsessed with what I was doing that you know they kind of expressed, "Well, you found your Oklahoma relatives. You now you don't have time for us anymore." You know, they were hurt by that, and I was like, "No." You know, just give me some time. My siblings that I grew up with, who are now my half-siblings, were like, well, you know, they didn't have a very good childhood either, just like I didn't. And my sister was, and I don't think they're going to be listening to this this podcast, uh, was like, well, that's not fair. You know, why do you get to have a good family, but we don't? You know, we want a new family. We want a new family, too. <laughs> and yeah. then my sister was expressing that, she has doubts that our father is her father also. She's a year younger than me. You know, so I have a sister that's a year younger and a brother that's 12 year, years younger that we all thought we had the same dad. And now she is like, well, with our mom, I don't even know for sure who my dad is. So I told her, you know, when I found out my dad wasn't my dad, I went to her and I was like, look, it would be very helpful if you would take a DNA test. I was like, however... This is not something I can require of you or try to make you do. This is something you have to choose or not choose. 
And my relationship with you is not going to be affected by what you choose. This is a very personal thing. And, you know, it'll be helpful for me. But if you choose not to, then no worries. Just we'll go on about it. Just that, you know, we'll be, we're going to have the same relationship regardless. So she got the DNA test. And, and I had one I was going to give to her. And, she, and I, you know, I tried to hand it to her and she didn't want it. And she goes, that's okay, I'll buy my own. And I've heard that she bought one and she's taken the, given the sample, but she just won't mail it because, well, because she's kind of caught in a hard place between a rock and a hard place because I did the DNA testing analysis in GEDmatch for my brother. Well, his father is who he thinks he is, you know. Yeah. It's the man that we grew up thinking was our father. That is his father. Yeah. If my sister takes this DNA test and that father's not her father, then that brother now no longer has a full sister. Mm -hmm. So she's worried that she might hurt him. And the fact of it is, we may not even share the same father. So she's afraid. And the other part of the story is, I got to know my, my new half-brother and half-sister uh, really, really well, because I told them, I'm open to whatever relationship you're wanting to have. If you want no relationship, that is fine. You know, I realize this is a little bit confusing having someone show up after, you know, they're, let's see, my sister's 38 and my brother's 42. I said, I told them, I realize this is a little bit shocking and, you know, you need time to process this. Take all the time you need. Well, my sister was very open to communicate and we communicated an excessive amount, mostly via chat. We met on a weekly basis. And generally for the, for this new family, I would host uh, lunches and stuff for them at my house. You know, we have a pretty nice house. Yeah, we, we do pretty well. And so I would, you know, have steak dinners and stuff and bring them so I can get to know them. So my family could get to know these people in a, you know, an uncomfortable environment. And they, they'd come over and my brother came over once and, you know, it, it was a good experience. He comes in, comes in the back door, you know, through the garage and, goes roaming around the house, looking in the refrigerator, you know, like a brother probably would. And my wife's just looking at me like, uh, and I told her, you know, it's yeah. okay. I think he's, you know, he's wanting to be a brother. So I just kind of let him roam around the house and he found some food to eat. And, you know, and I thought it was very funny. We, you know, pretty, I might do that too myself. And so we all just kind of sit down and, you know, my sister didn't come with him because they had, they did not have a very good relationship. Uh, my brother and my sister, you know, pretty much in their words, told me they, they hate each other for whatever reason. They told me a lot of reasons that didn't make sense. So I told them both. I was like, look, I would, I would, I would appreciate if you would not give me any information about your sibling, right? Let me form my own opinion about them and their lives and let me get to know them on my own. I don't want to be biased. You know, I don't want to be caught in the middle, basically. And they both said, okay, you know, we're okay with that. We, you know, if you ask questions, we'll answer them, but we will not offer our opinions about each other. Because they made it clear they didn't like each other. Well, my brother stopped communicating pretty quickly. You know, primarily, he only communicated over text anyway. So out of the blue one day, he texted me implying that I stopped liking him and what's wrong and how come I'm having a problem with him now and you know, so I was kind of confused by that. So I messaged his wife who was on Facebook and she let me know that he was suffering from bipolar disorder. 
and he's you know was he sleeps a lot he gets some paranoia and if you don't communicate with him every day he assumes the worst and i was like okay i understand i will take that into consideration you know with him and i'll let him know that no you know i don't have a problem with you you're still my brother you know we need to get together i want to you know i tried to set up a lunch with him just he and i without any family around so we can you know just talk and he just never could make the time to do it. He, I think because of his bipolar. So I got to know my sister, who was a lot more open to communicating. So she communicated. We communicated via Facebook a lot. Um, and we, we set up a kind of an appointment at a restaurant, just her and I to meet for the first time. And we met for like four or five hours and we talked. And you know, she, wow. yeah, it was, it was really kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, it was very awkward. She had a hard time and she, she told me, she goes, look, I have a hard time with people. I don't, I have a lot of anxiety and I have trouble communicating. I'm like, okay, I understand. You know, there are people like that. So, you know, we'll work through it. And, um, so we chatted a lot and we chatted for hours upon hours upon hours about all kinds of things. And, you know, my wife pointed out, you know, do you think it's really healthy the amount of communication you're having with her? And I was like, uh, you know, my wife's really smart. Um, she's a really, uh, she knows people really well and how they operate and what makes them tick. And, you know, even before she had a degree in it in psychology. And now she's in graduate school for, uh, to be a therapist. Um, yeah. She's going to, oh, wow. yeah, oh, that's this, actually yeah. helpful. It's very helpful because she said there's a need for people to help people who are in your situation that's not being fulfilled right now. You know, there's a lot of people now finding out that they're, they're NPEs and this is not a field that therapists have really focused on because, you know, now DNA has become really, you know, 50 years ago, these people had no idea that we would be able to know that they were lying about who the parent was or whatever, you know, and now there's in for a surprise. So my wife's taking a lot of notes and, but she was also kind of keeping an eye out for me because I was fully immersed in getting to know my siblings, you know, probably to an unhealthy level because I want to know every little detail. And my sister, uh, we think, probably has a borderline personality disorder. And she was really drawing me in. And I, and I, was, a big, I was also playing a role in that, too. I don't want to just blame her. I was just letting myself be consumed with getting to know her and wanting to get to know, getting to know things about my father and all that. And, and basically, to make a long story short, we were not able to form a healthy relationship with, with either of my half-siblings, with either of them. And at this point in time, we're in absolutely no communications and we have no relationship. And I kind of did that because there was no road I could see that would be a healthy relationship with either of them because of their issues that they have, uh, their emotional issues they both seem to have from their childhood, they would say probably. And maybe that's true, I don't know. You know, they had pretty hard childhoods of their own, as, as from what I understand. So I don't blame them for what's happening. But as far as the other family members go, the cousins and the aunts and uncles, I'm in love with them all. And I just have fantastic relationships. I, I literally love them. They're like... So, you know, at the beginning of this interview, I told you that I was going to try to get the best out of it that I could out of the situation. And I, I literally have come out of this as a winner. 
because of what I've gained from these people and the relationship that I have with my new aunts and uncles and cousins. I love them all dearly, and I communicate with them often. And we go out and eat, and we go, we talk, and, you know, we have a great time. And so, to me, if I could go back and not take a DNA test, I would do exactly how I did it the first time. I would take the DNA test again. So this time I would buy my brother one early on, you know. But, yeah, I would not change a thing at this point in time. I'm very happy with the outcome. I would like to have a better relationship with my siblings, but I don't think it's their fault that we don't. It's just I have a very stable life, and I have for a long time. I have a very good, very good marriage. I have very well-adjusted children. You know, I have a great career, and I'm, I have a very happy life. And I had this all before this DNA thing. And I view this kind of situation with the DNA as just a bump in the road. And that I'm now passed, and I'm very happy with the outcome of it. You know, the only caveat being, I would like to have a good relationship with my siblings, and I'm hoping in the future that will work out for us. So, but it's not the case right now, and I'm, I'm not here to blame any particular person for that. It's just the situation that we have. So, I'm a very happy person at this point. I'm not happy with what my mom did, but I'm happy that she met this man and had a relationship with him because. Ultimately, it ended up being a, a great gift to my life, and, I, and I, I love these people. I really do. I think that's I think that's wonderful that you still have such a beautiful relationship you formed with your your more extended family members. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but we don't refer to yeah. each other as you know we we refer to each other as cousins and aunts and uncles and not halves or or steps or any of that. You know, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's been fantastic, and I I love them all. They're they're really great people. Every one of them. What a- what an amazing researcher you are! I've just been fascinated listening to the the depth that you've you've gone with with your research, and I'm sure other people are going to perhaps have some questions and want to know more about a lot of what you've talked about here. Is are you okay with with being contacted? It contacted, and if so, how would people do that? Oh, I am more than happy to be contacted, and and no question is off the table. I'll answer anything, no matter. Pretty much no matter how personal I'm happy because we're all human beings. You know, we all suffer the same aches and pains. So to contact me, uh, my email address is j-i-p-o-c-k at gmail.com. And if anyone contacts me, I'll send them a list of the resources I use to do the research. And also some of the, I came across some really fantastic uh, genealogy books that were really useful for me. And also uh, some of the, if they want to get into a deeper level of understanding DNA and how DNA works, which is what this forced me into understanding, I've got some great resources for that too if they want to know the biochemistry and stuff like that. Because it's an interesting topic. Thanks again to Jimmy for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. I am searching for more NPEs to share their story, and I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more.